If you're hurting the one you love and you just can't seem to stop yourself, get the first four lessons of the Healed Being program for free. This is the life and relationship changing program that I created to help those who just can't seem to stop their hurtful and sometimes abusive behavior. In my opinion, this program is the magic formula to creating the strongest, longest lasting relationship possible. Check it out over at HealedBeing.com. And don't take it from me. Read the testimonials while you're on the website. They say it all. HealedBeing.com. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Welcome to another show. This is Paul Coliani, and I am here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on the show is my personal opinion and is meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. All right, how do I recover? Because I just lost 20 minutes of recording. <laughs> So here I am recovering and trying to remember what I talked about before my podcasting recording studio froze up, which is basically my computer, which is basically everything I do. As you can probably relate, when something crashes on your computer uh, and you lose stuff, you have to start over sometimes. You can't find the recovery file. You don't have a backup. Since then, I've turned on autosave. So that won't happen again. So we're going to go right into it today uh, regarding um, guilt and an email that I received. I don't know if the whole episode is going to be on guilt or not, but I received an email from someone who said, I drunkenly kissed someone. I don't remember the kiss, but I was told it happened. And um, she said, I, I listened to your podcast and I'm just so upset and I think I'm horrible and irrational. I called my boyfriend and he forgave me, but I can't believe I heard him. We weren't perfect, but I thought I was a good person, and here I am doing something like this. I'm so overwhelmed with guilt. We love each other so much, I just want to make sure I can close the door and understand that it was one mistake, uh, but it's still awful. So she's really, really hard on herself, and I want to thank her for writing this message. And um, also let you know, if you've ever written to me and you haven't heard from me, you uh, haven't heard it on the show it's probably in my, in my inbox. I've had letters in my inbox for many, many months now. And uh, sometimes I can't get to them in a timely manner, but I get to all of them eventually. I'll either respond to you or talk about it on the show. Uh, but I do apologize. I just, I just can't get to them all, at least in a timely manner. So don't ask me questions where you need an answer right away because I'm not going to be able to answer it right away. However, this is always good to talk about with everyone, with you, uh, who listens to the show because we all face different aspects of what people are going through. I mean, how many times have you made a mistake in your life and then you feel bad about that mistake or worse, guilty? And I put those in two different categories. I put them in two different compartments. And I think it's important that you do that. Guilt and feeling bad, even though guilt can make you feel bad. And when you feel bad, you can carry around this bad feeling and it can be guilt or not. And I'm not making sense, so I'm going to kind of explain this. Uh, when you carry around guilt, you have to remember it's a message. It's a message to tell you to improve yourself, to do better next time, and to never make that mistake ever again. That's the message. Why do you carry around that same message to repeat over and over again uh, every time you think of that event. So you might have your reasons. My reasons for carrying around guilt used to be my reminder or maybe I want to make myself feel bad. And if I continue to make myself feel bad, then it will make sure that I never let myself live it down. What an awful way to live. Yeah, I don't want you to live with guilt. You should treat guilt as a message. And 
you should treat feeling bad as your reminder. Now, I talk about this in my other episodes, so go to theoverwhelmedbrain.com, type in the word guilt in the search field, and you'll find all kinds of episodes and articles that I've talked about guilt before. So it's important to at least get my take. I mean, you don't have to do this, but I think it's important to understand how I've addressed guilt before in order to understand what I'm talking about now. Although you don't need those episodes necessarily to relate to what I'm talking about today, but it's going to be helpful. If you're dealing with guilt, go to my website, type in the word guilt in the search field, and you'll, you'll learn how I address it. In a nutshell, how I address guilt is I define what I did that makes me feel guilty. And then I do something in the opposite direction of what I did. And I'll give you the example that I've used in the episodes. When I was in my 20s, I didn't want to take care of my animals. I don't like the way I treated my animals animals back then. And I took my cats to the, the shelter and I gave my bird away. Um, and I just didn't want to deal with animals because they were too much responsibility and I was too immature and I just wasn't a very nice person with animals. I wasn't a terrible abuser, but I just wasn't nice. And I didn't treat animals like sentient feeling beings, which I believe they are now. They are sentient feeling beings. They absolutely have emotions. You can see it on their face. Have you ever seen a dog get sad? (laughs) Have you ever seen a cat be happy? I've noticed this. I'm not trying to make a rant here, but I'm just saying when I was younger, uh, I didn't care. I didn't have empathy for animals. They were just there for me. It was a selfish thing. And when I evolved, when I became more mature and I started feeling guilty about how I treated animals, I started carrying around that guilt and I didn't know how to get rid of the guilt. And I had a lot of healing to do. And so I, what I did was remember how I treated these animals and came to a new place inside myself, a new commitment to myself that if I ever had animals again, if I was ever around animals again, then I was going to treat them like gold. I was going to treat them like royalty. I was going to treat them better than ever, especially better than I ever had. And so my first step out of guilt was to move into a space in the opposite direction of what I did. And so moving in that direction gave me the feeling that I was doing something right instead of focusing or ruminating on what I did wrong. There's a lot of, in a nutshell, things I could talk about with guilt. Again, listen to those previous episodes. But what I'm saying is that You move in the direction that you want to do to make things right. You may not be able to make things right with the person or the creature that you feel guilty about doing something to. You may not be able to make that right. Like, I don't know if any of those animals that were ever in my life are still alive. Maybe the parrot. (laughs) But I don't have any idea what's going on with them or if they suffered any trauma because of my neglect or my mistreatment. And... I still feel bad about that. I could certainly work up a tear or two. So I still feel bad. But I don't feel guilty anymore. Because guilt is damaging. Guilt is destructive. Guilt keeps you in a space of stagnation. And out of a space of moving forward. Because how are you going to progress in life, move toward happiness, move toward doing the right thing, If you're stuck in guilt. And my first step, like I said, was making that commitment to myself. And I thought, okay, this is a good thing. This is what I want to do. This will help. It doesn't absolve me of my accountability. It doesn't absolve me of anything that uh, someone might look at and say, well, you were a bad person back then. It's quite possible that that may have to stick with me because that past I carry with me. I carry forward. But it doesn't have to feel like guilt. It doesn't have to be guilt. And I'm telling you this, if you're carrying any guilt, only see guilt as a message, not something that you carry forward. It is something you pick up and go, oh yeah, this is what I have to do. And then it's something that you let go. You cannot carry guilt forward with you 
at the same time doing the right thing or doing the thing that's in the opposite direction, which is the right thing, of what you did that made you feel guilty. Those two things, guilt and doing the right thing, it's very hard for them to stay in the same space. They can't occupy the same space. You know, I'm sure there's a little gray area and I'm sure there's loopholes in that, but adopt that belief so that you can move out of guilt so that you'll have more energy and more brain processing ability to be able to move in into the right space opposite of the space that kept you feeling guilty. So I want you to keep that in mind as I talk about some other things on this episode in relation to this email and other things that um, I can certainly relate to and probably you can too. I think we've all felt guilty at one time about doing something. You know, I talked to my girlfriend and she goes, I, I used to feel guilty a lot about not singing to my child as a kid or reading to him as a kid. And I think she read to him, I forget, but uh, she didn't even remember some of the stuff that she actually did do with her child when he was a child. And uh, when she found pictures and old letters that said, oh yeah, when you sang to him as a kid and she would question that and go, I did sing to him as a kid. I don't remember doing that. And so she felt a lot of guilt for many years for not doing the quote right thing with her child and carrying that guilt weighed her down. It, it really took a toll on her spirit, on her happiness. She was able to get through most of her days without thinking about that. But every time she thought about it, the guilt would darken her light and she would feel guilty and she would want to call him and say, I'm so sorry for what I did. But one day she was able to let it go, not only because she found out that some of the things that she thought she didn't do, she actually did, but also because she realized that she was doing everything she could for him today. And that is stepping in the right direction, moving in the opposite direction of what she thought she didn't do back then. And I'm sure there are times where she was neglectful, not intentionally, but sometimes all of us can be neglectful and we don't even know we're doing it. Or we're just so damn busy all the time and we don't have any idea that we're being neglectful. Or we don't have the time to even focus on ourselves, let alone other people. This stuff can happen. And we try to do what we can. We do our best. And sometimes we feel that our best isn't good enough and we thought we could do better. But really, we probably couldn't have. (laughs) I mean, we just have to accept we probably couldn't have done better. I think I did the best I can. Yeah, but I was lazy and I should have done something else. Well, maybe you should have and maybe you could have, but the person you were back then didn't and probably couldn't because of other reasons. Who knows? But it doesn't matter. I mean, it does, but it doesn't in the sense that if you carry guilt about it, then you're stuck back there and you're the same person. I'm going somewhere with this. If you're stuck in the past feeling guilty about what you did back then, that means A, you're not taking steps in the opposite direction of the thing you did that made you feel guilty. And B, you haven't learned your lesson. Because in order to learn your lesson, you have to graduate from guilt. I know that may be hard because you may feel guilty. Somebody listening might feel really, really guilty about something and they'll never let themselves live it down. And I'm here to say it's okay to live it down. It's okay to let it go. But you have to learn the lesson. You have to know that what you did either hurt someone or was, quote, the wrong thing, something unethical, something immoral, a mistake, an accident. Doesn't matter what it was. But it was a moment in time that you did something that perhaps you wish you didn't do. And then you carry the guilt. And the guilt is the message. And the message is telling you, you need to move in the opposite direction now. What you did wasn't good. It wasn't good for you. It wasn't good for them. So let's move in the opposite direction. Take that message, utilize it, use it, and move out of it so that you can be a better person today. And if you're a better person today, you're better for everyone around you. You're healthier for yourself and everyone around you. Because guilt is an emotional cancer. It'll eat away at you. And you don't deserve that. You don't deserve it. In fact, let me expand upon that or at least explain it a little bit. You don't deserve it if you regret it. You don't deserve it if you feel remorse. You don't deserve it if you wish you had done something different. If it's not any of those, 
Well, maybe you deserve it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you deserve it. But I doubt if you're listening to this show, I doubt that you don't have some sort of empathy. If you're listening right now and you are feeling guilty about something, you have empathy. You likely have remorse and regret. You likely have a feeling about that that makes you feel bad. There's that bad feeling again. But you take it to the extreme and turn that bad feeling into something that you carry around with you that is this heavy weight on your shoulders. And it's got its claws digging into your shoulders, holding on for dear life until you let it go. And some people don't know how to let it go. I understand that. I've held on to guilt for years until I learned how to let it go because I started treating guilt as a message, not as a burden, not as something that I needed to carry with me so that I made sure I owned my mistakes, which is, you know, you do that, but you don't own them forever. You make mistakes and maybe you feel guilty about that mistake you make. And then you move in the opposite direction because you've learned your lesson and you absolutely committed to never making that same mistake again, which at that point, let's see if you can hear this. It's time for the guilt to end period. It's time for that guilt to end. When you have learned your lesson, you move out of the guilt. Now this doesn't take away the bad feeling. You can have a bad feeling. You can feel awful. You can feel terrible, but guilt has its time. It is finite. You deserve to let it go because guilt starts the bad feeling. It doesn't stay there. When you start your car, you turn the key. If you have one of those cars that have keys, some have buttons now, some of them don't. And uh, some of them have keys like mine. You turn the key and your car goes, and then it starts up. But you don't keep the key there going after it starts up. You don't keep trying to start it because the car has already started. You release the key, it springs back, and the car's engine is now running. Guilt is the startup process. The car's engine, in this example, is that bad feeling. And so you have this bad feeling that's running in the background, but you don't restart it with guilt every time. The guilt already did its job. The guilt already did its job, so you do not need to hold on to that. And how do you let it go? We're going to talk about that in the next segment. I like I said, have talked about guilt uh, quite a bit in other episodes, but I'm going to address it in another way that perhaps you didn't think about. And it does have to do with this email that I received about this person who got drunk and kissed someone and now she feels really guilty and she's holding on to that guilt even though her boyfriend forgave her and is ready to move on. She's not. She doesn't feel closure. So I'm going to address that part of it and hopefully we can come to some sort of resolution. So if you're carrying around any guilt or even a bad feeling, maybe you're over the guilt and you're just carrying this bad feeling, perhaps this episode will help you reach some closure with it. I hope it does. We'll be right back. Welcome back. All right. Like I said, we're going to talk more about um, guilt and carrying on these bad feelings or these guilty feelings with you throughout your days, weeks, months, and years. Is it necessary? Do you really benefit from holding on to guilt? The answer is no. That's not a rhetorical or philosophical question. The answer is no, you don't benefit unless you haven't learned your lesson. You do benefit from guilt if you haven't learned your lesson and you're not sure if you're going to do the thing that made you feel guilty again. A good example of that is the infidel in a relationship, the person who has an affair and they realize their mistake and they feel so guilty about it and they feel terrible and maybe they even admit it to their partner uh, and then they carry this guilt with them and they feel so bad day after day after day and the guilt stays with them and they're not sure if they would do it again. So they need that guilt as a constant push and reminder to be faithful. I think using that analogy, using that example, that that is the only reason 
is that you need a reminder to not do it again. But most people who feel guilty, because they're empathetic, because they have compassion in them, and they do feel bad for what they did, aren't ever going to do the thing that made them feel guilty again. Most people. So if you just happen to be one of those people that uses guilt to keep you straight, to keep you uh, doing the right thing, then I'm here to tell you that perhaps guilt works for you. Perhaps that's what you need to do. It's still damaging. It's still destructive. It is that emotional cancer that eats away at you. And I want you to know that perhaps it's time to dedicate yourself to never doing that thing again so that you don't have to carry guilt around. So I think that's a relatively tiny percentage of the people listening now that are carrying guilt to make them do the right thing or make sure they never do the wrong thing again. I think that's a tiny percentage. But I know that there are some people out there that need to hear this, that if you use guilt as a way to continue to remind you to do the right thing and it's working for you, then maybe it will continue working for you. I still say you should probably replace it with uh, replace guilt with empathy and compassion and caring and kindness and everything else so that you know you won't do anything wrong because you're not in a selfish like state you're in a giving and caring and compassionate state for others because when you walk around in a more compassionate state not an egoistic i want to do what i want to do state but you actually care about someone else and you care if they are hurting or not, and you care about their happiness, then you're probably not going to do anything that causes you to feel guilty anyway. So why use guilt? Why not just use empathy and compassion and kindness and all the external stuff that you give to someone else? So that's a little sidestep into guilt and someone carrying around, utilizing it for the reason so that keeps them on the up and up. But I still say holding on to guilt is destructive. It, it hurts. You don't like the feeling. And so it's good to replace guilt with other things that actually benefit you. Because you'll get a lot more benefit from compassion than you will from guilt. And again, using my own examples, when I felt guilty, how do I find something in the opposite direction to be compassionate about? Or passionate and really desire doing that Because I don't want to feel guilty. It's like when you know there's a certain feeling associated with a certain label like guilt and you don't want to feel that again, what can you do in the opposite direction? And someone out there might say, well, I don't have contact with that person anymore. They won't listen to me. They won't talk to me. And that's okay because what you're going to do is do your best to apologize and move on and do things in the right direction from that point on. Now, that doesn't mean you always reach out to them and ask them what you can do for them. You might have to pay it forward. You might have to pay it forward to someone else because good feelings have to replace the guilt. Not necessarily the bad feelings. Again, I'm separating those. I'm compartmentalizing them. But good feelings replacing guilt allows you to move forward and be a better you to anyone else in your life. Because when there are good people in your life and you're bringing them you with guilt, it's an entirely different person than you without guilt. The bad feelings are also a reminder, but they are a reminder in an accountability kind of way. They're a reminder to make you remember, yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been a better person back then. So this reminder compels you to continue doing the right thing. Guilt can do that too except you know it's a heavier feeling and you know it eats away at you. And guilt is just a word. These are all just intrasensory experiences, if you want to call it that. These feelings are felt inside your body. They don't feel good, but then we label whatever we're feeling and thinking and we take that label and it really helps us define what we're going through. But in a sense, guilt seems to have a heavier weight attached to it. And when you carry around that heavier weight, you know, the claws in your shoulders, you're just not benefiting yourself or anyone around you. Because how do you show up as a kind, compassionate, and caring person to others when it's hard to access that in yourself? It's hard to give yourself a break, or the way I like to put it, forgive yourself a break so that you can move on. 
forgive yourself a break. I love using that. I forgive myself a break. Because some people aren't comfortable saying, I forgive myself. So how about this? I forgive myself a break so that I can move on and I've learned my lesson. I'm committed to never doing that again. And I'm just going to do the best I can because that's all we're doing. That's all we're ever doing the best we can. So let me address this email and give you some of the points that I came up with. Again, one of my points is listen to my other episodes on guilt and make sure that guilt uh, you treat as a message to make sure you never do the same mistakes again. And if you believe that you'll make the same mistake again, then guilt has a tendency to stick around. So all these points I've already made, but I'm going through my bullet list here. And if you know you'll never do anything like that again, and this is important, it's time to figure out what else makes you feel guilty about what happened. And we're going to use this email as the example. She got drunk and she was told that she kissed someone while she was drunk. And normally maybe that wouldn't be so bad, but she was dating someone at the time and that made her feel guilty. And she doesn't remember doing it. She was only told that she did it. So someone painted this picture in her mind that she is this bad person, this disloyal person, unfaithful and doesn't care about her boyfriend. I mean, whatever beliefs that she created out of that one moment of that person telling her uh, became her reality. And who knows, it could be 100% true that she kissed someone while she was dating someone else. Uh, Or maybe it wasn't. Maybe the person who told her made it up. Who knows? But it doesn't really matter because now that's her reality. Her reality is, I did this when I was drunk. Okay, so now we have to face that. I did that. You know, one of my steps into healing from guilt is owning it. Uh, Absolutely, I did it. I admit it. And I take full responsibility for it. I accept accountability for it. I'll do whatever it takes to make up for that. And I will give a heartfelt apology. I will apologize because I think guilt requires apology of some sort. That by itself doesn't absolve the guilt, but that is like one of the first steps. And when you apologize, don't expect someone to accept your apology. In fact, my personal and maybe professional opinion is to never wait for someone to say, I forgive you. Because if you don't get it, you'll be waiting forever and again that emotional cancer starts up and now you're holding on to it because the closure you're looking for is outside of you. And if that person doesn't comply and stays angry with you or just never forgives you, then what are you holding on to? You're holding on to something that you have no control over. You can't heal from. And you're also holding on to their burden of being unable to let go. Imagine holding on to other people's burdens. I I know people are saying, I do that all the time. (laughs) There are people out there saying that. But I want to let you know you can let it go. You can let go of other people's burdens. And if their burden is to never let you live it down, it's still their burden. They want you to feel bad for the rest of your life for what you did. That's their burden. That's their anger. You don't have to hold on to that. You are allowed to let that go. You are allowed to say, you know what? I am so sorry for what I did. I promise that will never happen again. And if you never want to talk to me again, I completely understand. I would love to have your forgiveness, but I understand if you don't want to give it. I just want to let you know that I am sorry. I, I have thought about it day and night. I feel awful about it. And I'm sorry. And if they accept your apology, great. There's a bonus. And if they don't, you have to remember that you have put the ball in their court. You have passed the baton you know, the relay race, you've passed the baton and now they have it. Now they're in a position where they can either forgive and move on, maybe not forget, but forgive and move on or not forgive and just say, okay, you know, I don't forgive you, but I accept your apology. Or they can say, I don't forgive you and I don't accept your apology, but I'm no longer angry with you. But it's still all their decision and in their court because you've done your part. You have chosen to be an adult about it and did your part, made the apology. You have let it go and given them the next step, which they can choose to take or not. But now you don't take on anything else from them because you did your part. As long as you meant it, you have to mean the apology. You have to be serious. It can't just be wordplay. It cannot be something that you just say to get it over with. 
it has to be heartfelt. You have to feel it inside. Because when you do, that's one of the steps out of guilt. You open that door to free yourself from holding on to this. Because when you mean it, this is where internal healing happens. You have to mean it. You have to believe it. You have to know it's true in you. And then you've done your part. And you are allowed to pass the baton, hit the ball into their court, and let them run with it in any way they see fit. If they want to hold on to the anger or whatever it is they're upset for the rest of their life, that's their choice now. You can let it go. Even if you did something heinous, they may never want to forgive you. They may be angry at you, but that is still their healing. That is their process. And you may not be able to talk with them ever again. They may never want to talk to you again, but now you can move on to a different space. It doesn't mean you won't feel bad. It doesn't mean you wish they would change their mind and forgive you, but you do have some burden for things that you do that you didn't mean to do, or it was an accident. There is some burden. This is the feeling bad part, but the guilt doesn't have to be held on to, as I've repeated over and over again. So what I just said earlier was it's time to figure out what else makes you feel guilty. What I mean by that is sometimes what we did, we may be over. Like the person who wrote me, she was drunk and she kissed someone. Let's just say that that's not her real conflict. Maybe hurting her boyfriend isn't her real conflict because he said he forgives her. So she actually has the formula for full closure, yet she doesn't feel closure. So why is that? Well, I'm going to give you my guess in a second. So let me give you some more of my bullet points here. As I said, feeling bad is okay. And it's a good reminder that you messed up because every time you feel bad, you do something good. And what's helpful when you feel bad is that it's a prompt for you to do something good in its place. And uh, this is a nice system of checks and balances. When When this girl who wrote to me feels bad, she can send her boyfriend a heart in a text message or something. Or write him a paper letter and mail it to him. Who does that anymore? Do something kind and generous and something nice for someone that she loves. Or maybe do it for someone else. Maybe do it for someone who needs it. This is one of those steps in the quote, right direction. The paying it forward aspect where she doesn't necessarily have to do it to the person that she believes she hurt, but maybe she can do it for someone else. But since she has contact with the person that she feels that she betrayed, you know, it's my words, I don't think that's her words, but I think that's probably what she's feeling. I'm, I feel like I betrayed him. Then doing something nice for him gives you a step toward healing from the guilt. This is just a little component of it. Now let me address when you still feel guilty even after you've worked through things and you want to figure out what else might be causing it. Now, what happens is that we probably don't think about what else might be causing it because when we feel guilty, we remember what we did and we think, oh, I feel guilty about that. And we carry that relationship between the guilt and what we did and have it set in stone so that we never explore outside of that to figure out maybe something else is going on. And if you never look outside the thing that you did that makes you feel guilty, you may never see it. And this is why we're going to talk about it right now. There may be a secondary reason for the guilt. And let me give this um, girl or woman that wrote this email. Maybe you consider yourself a loyal person and you never thought you could do anything like that. Your guilt might be attached to some internal value or belief. And by violating that value or belief, you judge yourself to be terrible. This is the part of the guilt that makes you suffer most. It's when you can't get past the fact that you did something so awful. Guilt like this doesn't even relate to the other person anymore because you're beating yourself up so much. In this case, and I don't think I ever talked about this in my other episodes on guilt, you need to work toward healing and improving your values. For example, let's just say that you value alcohol as a recreational drink. But when you drink, you can't remember what you did while you were drinking. So maybe you need to update your values so that you stop at a certain number of drinks or don't drink around certain people, or perhaps not drink at all. And, you know, I'm assuming that what you were told is true. So what you were told is that you would kiss somebody when you were drunk. Let's just say that's true. You never said that you doubted it, so I'm going to assume that perhaps it is true. If you go through life and you drink and you can't remember what you did while you were drinking, 
and you did something that you regret, it might be time to look at that value that you have. And I, I call it a value. It's probably not a value, but if drinking is an important component of your life or you really enjoy doing it, it's something that you really want in your life, but it leads to things that you regret, then it's time to look at that value. It's time to reevaluate it and see if you can improve upon it, heal it, stop it, do something that focuses on the value. This brings it back to what I was talking about. When you violate your own values, you can beat yourself up and feel guilty about the violation. And pretty soon it has nothing to do with what you did. You know, you kissing someone else. Okay, you might be able to get over that because your boyfriend sure did. But what if you can't get over that you violated something that you held sacred inside of you? This is an internal struggle. This is where guilt can be so damaging because you never forgive yourself a break, but you can forgive yourself a break by revisiting your values and figuring out if certain things are important enough to keep doing them or start changing them. And if you consider drinking something that you like and enjoy and you believe everyone should do it, you know, that's great. That's fine. But if you know you drink to excess, you might have to have a system that stops you from doing that. Or if you decide to stop drinking altogether because you don't want to ever have to get into this situation again, then you've improved your values, which is a step opposite of the thing that you did that made you feel guilty. I hope that makes sense. Because if you can really understand that, if you can absorb that into your system, then you can really start changing your life because you will find values and beliefs inside of you that maybe don't serve you anymore. Like my girlfriend and I were talking in the car today and she said, I used to be this person that was so rebellious and then people would give me advice and I would be so rebellious. I didn't want to take the advice, even if it was good for me, because I didn't want somebody else to tell me what to do. And so I gave her an example like, uh, hey, you just stepped on that rusty nail. You should get a tetanus shot. And I imitated her saying, you know what? F you. I don't have to do what you tell me to do. <laughs> and, and then she gets whatever infection or gangrene. And then she has to deal with that. And she said, yeah, definitely. I used to be that way and it didn't always benefit me. So she had to reevaluate that. She had to reevaluate her rebelliousness. And when she did, she was able to open up her mind a little bit and listen to people and you know, filter out the good from the bad and uh, really just be more open to ideas and suggestions so that she didn't shoot herself in the foot all the time. Because that's what happens. If you listen to no one, even when they have good advice, you're going to miss out on some things that you may need to do for yourself because other people may know better. Some people, not everyone, but some people may know better in certain areas. So that's what I mean is you look at what you are doing, what your behavior is, what's important to you, what you have decided that you want to keep doing in your life and ask yourself if this stuff still serves you. Because if it's getting you into spaces of guilt, if it's getting you in trouble, if it's getting you into any type of negativity, perhaps it's time to reevaluate. Because here's what happens when you improve upon your values or change them altogether. You change a lot of your decisions in life. Every decision you make, when you align it with what you value most, it becomes the direction of your life. And for this person who wrote, if you decreased your alcohol intake because drinking makes you forget, then like I said before, you've modified the value to help you move in a direction opposite of what you feel guilty about. And you may have a belief that drinking won't cause me to kiss someone else, but if it did, if what you were told is true, then you have to create a new belief that drinking is capable of doing that to you. And it might be time to modify what you believe to be true. You know, drinking shouldn't make me do that. Maybe your belief should now be drinking will make me do that. And so allow it to serve you instead of going into denial that it doesn't happen. It's a lot better when you figure out how it can serve you. And let me give you another example before I end this episode um, this example has to do with like watching TV and gaining weight. Let's just give something that maybe most of us can relate to. If we sit down and we're just comfort eating, we get a tub of ice cream and we're just downing the whole thing. 
And then we feel guilty because we gained all this weight and we should be exercising or at least moving and we shouldn't be eating a tub of ice cream. Like I said, some things have nothing to do with what you feel guilty about. You may feel guilty about eating a tub of ice cream, but if you weren't watching TV, would you be just as inclined to eat it? Maybe yes, maybe no. But looking at the substructure that makes up the foundation of your decisions can be an important tool in creating the life you want, as opposed to doing things that make you feel guilty. And let me explain that a little bit. It's not that you weren't moving. It's not that you ate the ice cream. But what if you pointed the guilt to watching TV instead? What if you decided, I'm not going to change the fact that I eat ice cream. I'm not going to change the fact that I need to sit down every now and then. I'm just going to change this one thing that if I watch TV, I usually grab a tub of ice cream and eat it. So maybe I'm going to change my habit of watching TV. Maybe I'll do something else. I'm not saying this is the solution to weight loss. I'm not saying that this is how you destroy bad habits. I'm saying that sometimes we associate guilt with the very thing we don't want to do, eat the ice cream or be lazy or whatever, however you label it. Or some people won't have a problem with eating a tub of ice cream, watching TV. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people that have a problem with it, that feel guilty for gaining weight or feeling lazy or something. Instead of blaming it on yourself and feeling like you should be doing something else, associate the guilt with something that almost seems benign. Like for the letter writer, she said that I was drunk. Somebody might say, hey, I enjoy getting drunk and that's never been a problem. So that might be benign to some people. But having done something while she was drunk, she may be pointing the guilt at her feeling of betrayal and feeling bad that she betrayed her boyfriend when really maybe she should point and associate the guilt with something that she definitely has control over. I mean, unless she has an addiction problem, and that's a different story, but let's just say that she definitely has control over whether she wants to drink or not. If she associates the guilt to that, she may be able to make a different choice, modifying what she values, which would change her direction, which would create a domino effect into the rest of her life. And it would also help her step away from any of the guilt that she is associating to betraying or being disloyal or hurting her boyfriend or whatever she's feeling. She's reassigning the guilt to something else that she has control over. And that can make a huge difference as well when trying to get out of the feeling. Because sometimes, even with all this work that you do on yourself, you still have the guilt. And what do you do with it? You have to do something because if the guilt is not associated with the thing that you did, maybe it's associated with something that led to that thing that you did. And if you do that, now you have control in your life. Now you can do something about it. I just want you to experiment with this stuff. Try it out. See if there's something else that might be associated that kind of was the domino effect that led to the thing that you did. That perhaps if you change something about that or forgave yourself a break for that, just like forgiving yourself a break for watching TV instead of forgiving yourself a break for eating the pint of ice cream because watching TV led to the pint of ice cream. Again, I don't mean to say that's 100% true, that if you watch TV, you'll eat ice cream. I'm just saying if you can point the finger at something else that you do have control over, not turning on the TV, then maybe your life will change and maybe you'll stop feeling guilty once and for all. Feeling bad's okay. It's a good reminder. Feeling guilt, best to learn your lesson, commit to never doing it again, move in the opposite direction, and start feeling good again. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to thank members of the patron program over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. And I want to remind you of the other podcast I do, Love and Abuse. I've been doing that since February of 2019. And that's a good show to listen to, especially if you're feeling guilty all the time in your relationship. 
Manipulation and emotional abuse will often lead to the person experiencing it feeling guilty that they're not doing enough or they're doing the wrong thing or they can't figure out how to make their partner happy. And sometimes their partner is purposefully keeping them feeling guilty so that they stay in a more submissive, more controllable state. And I don't want you to be in that controllable state. I want you to be your own person and be in an equal relationship. So head over to loveandabuse.com if you're experiencing any difficulties in your relationship. And finally, I'd like to thank Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain. Well, I thought I was going to talk about something else in this episode, not just about guilt, but I think there was a lot of good pointers in here. I think, I mean, I don't know if I'm patting myself on the back or not, uh, but I think because I didn't address some of these issues in previous episodes, that perhaps another episode about guilt and about feeling bad about something that you did was due. I mean, sometimes we do carry around stuff and we can't get over it. And we listen to one episode after another, after another, we read all the books, we go to therapy, we get coaching, whatever it is. And then we still can't get out of that funk. And sometimes you just need someone's permission to say, yes, you're allowed. (laughs) You can walk away from that. You can let it go. You can give it up. It doesn't matter. The pursuit of constantly making yourself feel bad for something that you did where you replay it over and over again, it's not necessary. It's not. Especially if you know you'll never make the same mistake again, at least intentionally. If the intention to make that mistake again isn't there, neither should the guilt be. That doesn't mean if the guilt is there that you have intentions to do the same thing. It just means you're allowed to let it go. Let me walk you through something. Ready? Close your eyes. As long as you're not driving, uh, just close your eyes. And if you are driving, keep your eyes open. But if you're not, close your eyes. And just imagine whatever this bad feeling is you have inside of you. I want you to take it into your hand. In your mind's eye, just put your left or right hand out and put that feeling into your hand. And now take that feeling and stretch it out as far as you can. As far as your arm will go. And just look at that feeling and it feels like it's so far away. And you might say, well, my arm isn't that long. If you can't do this with your arms, do it with something else. You know, this is your imagination. You can do it with anything you want. Like one of those selfie sticks. (laughs) You know, you could put your phone on the selfie stick and then you could take a picture of yourself put the feeling as far away from you as you can. I'm not helping you get rid of it now. I'm helping you loosen up the grip a little bit. Just put it way, way out there. Way over there. And open your hand. And let it float away or fall or whatever it does. Turn your hand over if it's not falling away. Just let it fall away. Just let it go. This is just a visualization. This isn't meant to make you feel really good right now. But maybe it can help. Worth a shot. I like to say on the show, whatever works, keep doing it. I also like to say... Whatever is serving you, don't stop doing it. But it has to serve you in a good way. It has to serve you in a positive way. It has to improve your life. It should make you feel good. And sometimes I'll learn about something that I absolutely don't believe in. (laughs) Something will come across my desk. Someone will send me something. Someone will say, hey, you should try this newfangled, new age thing. And I'll go, ah... I don't have time to deal with this. This is such BS. That doesn't work. Sometimes that'll be my first inclination. That's ridiculous. But then I'll think, okay, you know what? I have to try it because how am I going to comment on it if I don't try it? You know, unless it's $10,000, then I'm not going to try it. (laughs) I have to have a lot of friends that went through that in order for me to try that out. But uh, let's just say that something comes across, some, something comes your way, and you're like, that's ridiculous. I don't believe that, and I'll never believe that. Just remind yourself that keeping a closed mind 
might keep you in a negative space for a lot longer than you want to be. I'm not saying that everything that comes your way will work. Some of it is going to be crap, (laughs) at least in your reality. You're going to be like, that's crap. I tried it. It didn't work. Moving on now. But what if something comes along that wasn't crap? I mean, I just walked you through a visualization, which is all in your mind, and maybe it did something for you. Maybe it's permanent. Maybe it did nothing. Maybe it's short-lived. But it's interesting how we can do that in our mind. I mean, what does that mean? What is our mind doing in there that gives us a different feeling? That's like something I learned in hypnosis about the mind-body connection. It's that it's easy to prove the mind-body connection by imagining you're eating a really sour pickle (laughs) or biting into a lemon. Just imagine that. Can you feel the physiological changes? My mouth is watering as I say it. And can you feel it in your mouth? Can you imagine the juices running down your throat? Wow. That's a physiological response. That is your brain telling your body what to do. I mean, this is proven science. I'm not telling you anything new here, but it's the mind-body connection that can also help you feel better. Imagine if you can visualize yourself in the most wonderful place ever and all of the hurtful people in your life don't exist there and only nice people exist there or animals. Maybe you have a wonderful animal friend or many. Maybe you have wonderful people friend or many and they're all there if you want them to be, in your favorite place, or maybe you're by yourself. Maybe you're like me and re-energize alone, and you just feel good sitting by the edge of the lake, or listening to the waves come in, or somewhere special that's just yours. Your place. This is why it's so important to always keep an open mind. This will help you step into your power so that you can be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you, you are amazing. Amazing.